I was inheriting properties, other assets. Uh, you can either choose to have a very narrow focus, just, just doing your business, your transaction, or a wider variety of services. As a real estate agent, my coach was Chad Corbett out of Probate Mastery. And really the first thing he started was to learn how to help solve the customer's problems, whatever they are. And in the course of doing that, we need to meet other professionals in, in related fields who can help serve our customers well, as well as work with them, bring value to help us build our business, number one. Number two, obviously people are working with the people we wanna work with, we wanna learn what they're doing well so we can do that as well. So I'm really excited today. I came across Joan McCreary, who's in the estate and home organizing business um, through another professional. I'm in Southern California, the LA area. She's in Northern California. But in some regards, we deal with some of the same people, some different. We have some similar approaches, some different. I had a private talk with her previously, and I just thought it'd be fun to share with her on Probate Weekly. Joan, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Bill. Great to see you again. So give us a give us a, a quick start. How did you end up in the business estate and home organizing when you were your little girl, were you playing with Barbie dolls and organizing the house there? Or how do you end up in the uh, in the space that you're in today? What are you, my brother? Yeah, absolutely. I was playing with Barbie dolls and organizing my space. That's exactly right. Um, in fact, I'm excited to see this new movie, Barbie, because I was a Barbie fan. But um, really, I was the kind of kid who was always reorganizing my mother's kitchen cabinets. And we had a huge storage closet. And I was always the one going in there at least once a year to reorganize everything. And just kind of came naturally to me. Um, I've always been an organized person, but I think the thing that really drew me to working with other people's things was um, working actually in the schools when my kids were young and learning that people are coming to life in so many different ways. And I was interacting with people from all different cultures and backgrounds in, here in Silicon Valley and finding that people had organizing problems. Um, sometimes it was school papers and other times it was mom and dad are aging and they got to deal with all the stuff that they've had all their years and so when my previous career in the medical device arena um went away um we i had this opportunity to stay at home with my kids engage in the school system and then learn that i really needed to work with adults so when i started looking for a career uh, this would be my third career, really. Um, the organizing field popped up and I thought, wow, how fascinating. I can use project management skills. I can use my administrative skills. I can use my um, educational skills that I had developed as teacher, uh, working with teachers. And it was perfect. And I started attracting uh, clients who were what we call chronically disorganized. That led to working with special populations like seniors. And that led to working with their families as they were clearing out homes after mom and dad had moved out of the long-time home. So just a quick uh, housekeeping. This is Probate Weekly. You could come in. If you're watching this on the uh, social media, uh, a couple of things. You could register and join on the live Zoom at probateweekly.com. You get the Zoom invite by registering there. If you're watching on social media, YouTube, Facebook, or LinkedIn, feel free to put any questions in the chat box, we're watching them live and I'll respond to them. Or if you're watching on replay, we'll come back to it afterwards. So we'd love to have you participate. Also for afterwards, just kind of a, a quick uh, uh, advertisement. We have a Facebook group called Probate Weekly. Well, we'll carry on the conversation there. There'll be a replay of this call, any notes from this call. If you have any questions, this is a great place to do that. So feel free to put any questions. If you're on the Zoom call live, raise your hand, put a question in the chat box. Also feel free to put your networking information. My goal, my vision was to create a national network of team members. There wasn't one that was satisfactory for me, so I've created my own. And so I want to use this. If you have a, if you're so inclined, put your name, your contact information, and then what you service, what, what industry you're in, if it's real estate, an attorney or whatever, put in the chat box. We'd love to uh, engage with you as appropriate. And the last way you participate, so put it in the chat box if you would. Um, are you a real estate agent? Most people here are. And what state you're in? Or are you a real estate investor? Or are you other vendor? And if you are, put vendor and then a comma and what you are. And that way I can guide the conversation to the right spot. But again, if you have any questions, feel free to jump in. If you're watching on the live streams or if you're on the Zoom, we'd love to have you participate. Uh, so Joan, for me personally, one of the best books I've read in as an adult the last 10 years 
was Marie Kondo's the life-changing, life-changing magic of, magic of, of tidying up. Tidying up. I've always admired Japanese culture. And that book, I have to tell you, helped me spiritually understand. I'm a pretty organized person. Um, but I also help me, I, I often have to talk to other people. I'm not going to say my wife, my wife. I'm not going to say that because that would be rude on a national call. But other people who need help in that area, as a professional, I also deal with that all the time. Talk a little bit about the, your theory. How do you see, the? Uh, what framework do you use to help people get started to organize things and be productive? So uh, I respect Marie Kondo and I really admire the impact she's had on our organizing industry. Just, you know, rising tide floats all boats, right? Everybody benefits from that type of um, exposure. And um, certainly we are on a big uh, wave right now of organizing interest, shows on television, podcasts, books, you, you name it, it's all over the place. Um, my personal philosophy, and keep in mind that I am, um, my experience comes really with working with people with deep-seated organizing challenges, right? Not just, I want to get my closets looking better. Um, that that we be real goal-oriented and recognize also that aspirations and reality sometimes have a big gap in between them, right? So people who think that they you know, want to have a space where they can have people over, but they're not letting, not willing to put anything away, and therefore they're going to you know, um, perpetuate their state of disorganization and chaos in their homes. By the way, can't have anyone over syndrome, chaos, they kind of go together. Um, so yeah, my my approach is let's let's set some goals and let's try to figure out what we need to do to make your aspirations realistic. Like a business planning or project kind of approach, it sounds like. Almost, yeah. So a lot of times people come and they like they they're like, I know I want to do better, but I don't know how to get there. And I think one role that the organizer can have is to help them chart that path, right? I know what can happen. I can envision how it will work. You don't know how to get there. I will make it work for you, so. One thing is also in my life, I think I'm one of the most organized in terms of physical organization, people I know. I Meaning my desk is always tidy put together. My home area, my dresser and things like that. Everything's put away in a place somewhere. That's kind of my operating principle. Mm -hmm. And my wife wasn't, and, and she had to hire somebody to help organize things because she couldn't get it from me. Is that a common experience where somebody brings you in as a third party, either for oh, kids for the mother or- uh, Absolutely, super common. It's great. Um, if, if an organizer feels confident in that role, which I do, I love to come in and help people like, Sometimes the reality is it's the difference between one party and the other, right? Uh, roommates, partners, spouses, whatever. Um, he said, she said, or she said, she said, doesn't matter who they are, but they're just not aligned. And, right. and that's very common. Um, I'll tell you, my husband, polar opposite to me uh, in terms of organ organized. He's not. Uh, he is How does not. that happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and and that's pretty it's it's not uncommon, right? That you have people who are really different. And I think there's still a lot of room to grow. In fact, I tell him he is one of my best uh, learning experiences, knowing, you know, being able to coexist with him and to help him where I can and recognize when I need to bring in outside help, like you did. Outside help really neutralizes a lot of the obstacles, which tend to be in the baggage that we carry, right? So what I find in the estate side or, or even working with seniors, so we get adult children who say mom or dad need to change. Mom or dad say they're, they're trying to tell me what to do, what to get rid of. I don't want anybody else making decisions for me yet. I'm not there yet. I can take care of things or take care of the decisions at least, even if I can't get on the stool and get things down off the shelf. So an organizer can come in, be the baggage less party, let's say, it's probably the same age range as the adult children, but no agenda, right? We're, we're no judgment, um, we're accommodating, we listen to the stories, 
We don't tell them they're wrong, but we can also nudge in the direction that they want to go. As long as they're willing to, to do the work with us, we can get them there. So where I work with um, home organizers is two completely different worlds almost. One is the families that have means, have more assets typically, planning ahead a little bit, are more likely to plan ahead on their, um, um, you know, finances. Th those are the people who are going to um, um, uh, do an estate plan ahead of time. Mm. So I will market to people in that world, and I'll share and meet and network with the Joan McCreary of Southern California, South, you know, different areas I do business in, as a way to kind of parallel up with that group of people. So that's one area I work in. The other area is more probate, which to me is somebody died, there's an heir who lives out of state. Even they live an hour away, it feels like they're out of state. And mom and dad let things go downhill. Mom and dad may have spent time in a, in a facility for six months, so they weren't even at the property. The property could have, you know, the water had to get turned off because it was broken or the gas leaked. The place is a complete mess. It really just needs to be cleaned out and determined what gets sold, what gets donated, what gets trashed and handled that. So those are two different, in my mind, those are two different um, lines of business, which is the one that I think you're in the former more than the latter, or do you do both? Where do you kind of fit into those two boxes? So I do both, but you're right. My work tends to be more on the trust level of clear outs. Um, there definitely are more available funds usually in the trust. Um, probate is a little, could be a little bit more difficult. Um, and it's interesting because there's challenges with both types of estate resolutions, right? In terms of the court having oversight and having requirements that you may have to report into a probate referee. Um, you may have to do inventory evaluations of the tangible personal property. And then with a trust, you may not need to do that for the courts, but you may have to do it for beneficiaries who are arguing. And you get a lot more conflict often in the trust area than you might in a probate, in fact, where the courts are going to make the decisions about who gets what. And in the trust area, people tend to have a little bit more um, conflict, I, I think. I also understand what you're talking about with the derelict properties, where you see a lot of maybe benign neglect, things have fallen to the wayside, lack of maintenance. Um, I definitely have seen this in trust properties as well as probate in my area. Um, I am always surprised to see a property that has not been well maintained when it's there is a well-established trust, but often I also see that these are properties that maybe have charity beneficiaries, didn't have family in, engaged and involved with the um, trustee, with the usually the senior person who's living maybe alone, what we might call an orphan senior. And so they didn't have a support network to help them maintain things or is, whether they're living in the home or in some kind of care. So first question we have in our chat box today. Now, again, if you're watching on the live stream, feel free as well if you're on YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn, we'll get to those as well. If on the YouTube, it's a little easier to either put in the chat box or raise your hand. But we're lucky to have really a, a, a YouTube influencer from the East Coast. Uh, has a great probate channel. Uh, we learned quite a bit and he's become a good friend here uh, to our show and just in general, Courtney Rollins. Courtney asked a really good question. I, why don't you go ahead and ask it, Courtney? And again, keep in mind, we're talking both about Joan in her business specifically, and then we're also talking about in general, the industry. I appreciate it. Thank, thanks for the words. Thanks. It's great to be here. It's always great um, information here. I was wondering, Joan, like, do you see in the space that you're in, do you, or do you know anyone that provides like health and safety assessments of the homes and uh, do they see you as a trusted advisor that could say, hey, this home is actually can be safe to stay in if we do these steps right here or looking at the, you know, um, the situation, this home may not be deemed safe. And now I'm thinking about different questions about what that is there a liability there or do you have to uh, contact other folks? But 
And the reason I ask is because uh, I know in the senior world, it seems, I, I, I didn't know, but I just came to realize in the senior world how much falling is, a, is an issue, especially as my dad has gotten older and he's been in and out of the hospital and they actually, you know, have him walk around with sign that, you know, says fall uh, at risk, fall risk. And so um, I just wanted yeah. you all provide any type of assessments here. Yeah, Thanks. super great question. Um, I think you're, that's so astute that when you have the opportunity to go into somebody's home and whether you're a real estate professional or any kind of senior advisor, then you have this, uh, been, this uh, opportunity to influence somebody's life in a very positive way. And sometimes that is looking out for care and services that they need beyond what you offer. Okay, so I want to put it into that larger context because that's how I certainly look at it when I go and somebody says, hey, can you come over and uh, can you go help my mom and set up a one-to-one, you know, -one, just meet her and see what you think if you can help her out. So I'll go and very often I think, hmm, I'm not the person who's needed right now. What, who, what they need right now is somebody who can come in and do an assessment for this person's welfare. And that doesn't necessarily mean we have to contact something like adult protective services or some social service, but there are people who can come in and evaluate. So um, usually they are going to be either some kind of social worker or some kind of uh, what we call a geriatric care manager. Sometimes even someone who is a certified senior advisor, CSA, which is I believe a national designation, um, can go in and make these kinds of things. And anybody can be a, a certified senior advisor. Some real estate professionals are. But I would generally, it's going to be a care manager. Um, those people are either called geriatric care managers, they're elder care managers, uh, life care managers. And there is a association of life care advisors, I think it's called now. It's a ALCA and they have regional um, groups. The one out in the Western region um, is full of these uh, geriatric care managers. These people are trained to go out and do these kinds of assessments for well-being, whether there's trip hazards, whether they need to have grab bars installed, um, whether their kitchen is safe uh, in terms of, um, you know, uh, stuff on counters that's interfering with food preparation or as a fire safety has, uh, you know, fire hazard, that kind of thing. I will go in and tell people that I think they've got some safety concerns and I can make some uh, recommendations. I do carry errors and omissions insurance for that purpose because I am giving advice and that's what ENO covers, right? So there is a potentially, and California is an extremely litigious state. So as Bill knows, uh, we're gonna cover ourselves a little more carefully, um, being cautious about what we recommend, but there are, are people out there who can come in and, and do those kinds of, uh, make those kinds of assessments. And they also, the care managers not only are going to be able to um, weigh in on the physical surroundings, but also on the health of the individual. So that physical health, the mental health, um, being able to recommend any kinds of uh, mental health assessments, physical therapy options, um, maybe they need to be referred to a gerontologist or any other specialist. That's a, a great role for a care manager. Uh, that is awesome. It seems like it fits right in line with what, you know, uh, Bill and Chad and everyone sharing with like holistic approach uh, yeah. to helping the clients. But what you just said, the last part that really perked my ears as far as the, uh, I've never heard of that type of insurance. And I actually- Oh, errors and about, omissions? Yeah. Errors and omissions. I, yeah, I wrote it down. I have to, uh, because, you know, I quite often find myself saying I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm sharing my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought, do I need to give folks who are contacting me and I'm just, you know, supporting them and trying to you know guide them through my opinion do i need them to sign some waiver saying hey you heard the according i mean i don't want to get too complicated but uh i'm you know i'm a, a wholesaler and investor so i don't necessarily have a, a broker or or that type of um right. overheads or support when it comes to you know legal protection so thanks for, for that as well i'm considering that very good excellent man thanks for jumping in yeah and i think for all of us we have to have to be clear that when you get out of your lane you run the risk of giving advice 
you know, as a real estate agent, I have errors and mission insurance for my business. I don't have it if I'm talking about somebody else's business. And that's where you bring in a professional who does, they can give that advice at the same time uh, they're protected. And, you know, in the nature of probate and trust is you're only done with people who've been to an attorney once and or have an open matter. I always tell people, you don't want to get into an argument with somebody who's in probate. They're already in front of a judge regularly. It's just too easy to add you into the mix. And I've seen it happen. So uh, that's a good point. So let's talk about, let's step back a little bit from the delivery of the service to kind of the business side. Um, I know that I, I saw you market yourself on an event with a colleague of mine. I think that's what, what kind of caught my attention uh, in the first place. I think it was a colleague from Southern California that I work with. Tell me a little bit about how do you go about building your business or is it is at this point just all referral coming to you or do you have any particular activities that you use to help you build your business with people who can refer you to families, which are the same people we're looking to talk to. Right. Well, I'm I'm very pleased to be in a space right now where the networking and marketing that I've been doing for the past eight years or so has really kicked in and is just been flowing for steadily for the past two years. I've I'm I think I finally got it dialed in. You know, um, my business is fairly unique as just uh, for, for everyone who's on the call, organizers have a lot of different niches and it's hard for the marketplace to differentiate between all these niches. They, they don't know that there's someone out there who can help them go through their estate, um, who can sort through the drawers and cupboards and everything and figure out what's there. People don't know that that help exists. And um, they, they're starting to get, you know, the idea that there's the Marie Kondos and the home edit people out there, but they don't know all that there's people who do photo organizing, that there's people who do productivity organizing, that organize, that specialize in, in organizing attorneys' offices. I mean, it's, it can be really, really niche. So for my business, we start, we were fortunate to learn about professional fiduciaries. Now in California, uh, this is a kind of a different beast than anywhere else in the country. California regulates private fiduciaries. And these are the people who you can hire to be trustees, to administer estates. The courts bring them in to administer probates. Um, they can also serve as conservators and power of attorney and all sorts of different things. So in California, this is a very... Um, trustworthy and professional group of people and they have a lot of estate business and probate business right trusts and probates so um, bill and i work with these individuals in california um, i don't know about the rest of the country too much but i do recommend that you look them up and try to um, learn about what they do if you're not already connected these people who are heavily into the estate administration business pass a lot of business to real estate professionals and to organizers and to me in particular um i've also been networking with uh, professional groups that have a lot of estate attorneys in them and these attorneys they don't always administer the probates or the trust but they advise on all of them right so they will have clients that they're advising who have been named as probate administrators, who have been named as successor trustees, and they will guide their clients to my business because I have now a track record here. So those, so word of mouth is definitely uh, the big thing. I have found that networking with related professionals is powerful, but also networking with people who are in the same industry as I am, that is professional organizers, is equally powerful. Right. So when you specialize in probate as a real estate professional and you've got a colleague in the same brokerage who doesn't, that person is probably gonna come to you either to partner with you or something, or to at least make a referral so that you can, um, you know, you'll have that opportunity. So you wanna push your skill set and your expertise area to as many people as possible, whether they seem to be parallel professionals or related professionals. 
So there's a lot to unpack that the use gave, um, and I just want to kind of recap it a little bit so we don't miss any of the gold that you just uh, put out there. You really gave us three different strategies. Uh, one is there are specific networks of uh, people who deal in this world, uh, estate planning. And I think that while it's licensed in California, the organizations are more private and it's more of a business. There's a business of you know, estate planning network and there's a couple competitive ones. And so uh, networking with um, estate planning or related industries, specifically attorneys, uh, specifically, number one. Number two, you talked about general networking uh, with attorneys and other people who deal in this space. And um, I think that's also a great strategy. And then the third one you mentioned, that I think everybody who's a realtor should look at, and this is one that I've worked at quite a bit, the unique benefit of my company, EXP, is we have agents across the country. On this phone call, I have a bunch of colleagues, and I've met with them and talked to them, and it makes it easy to do business in our company is, and to share information is within your own office or your own franchise or your own company. Uh, and so, and I'm looking to add to that. So uh, anyhow, anybody's interested in that, let, you know, let me know. But those are three different strategies, any one of which you can make a living at, right? You could just work estate planning network groups the rest of your career, never get them all. You could just work related industries, attorneys and um, home organizing organizations, or you could even just work realtors and make a good living in any of those three. So thank you for sharing all those great points. Hey, just to go back to the housekeeping real quick. Again, we're live streaming on YouTube. I see a bunch of people there. Uh, shout out to the YouTubers and Facebook and LinkedIn. If you're watching this live, feel free to put in your questions or comments. The purpose of this is to be interactive. If I just wanted to do an interview with Joan, we could record it and I could, I don't know, go to the beach for the day. We do this on purpose because I find that we learn more, we participate, we learn more and get more out of it when we participate. I also want to give you the, the opportunity to step up and be recorded, create some video for yourself, create some content that you can use your social media. So feel free to jump in. If you're live on the Zoom call, of course, raise your hand or put a, 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 um, a question in the chat box. I'd love to call on you. And then after this is done, if you're watching a recording, in addition to the recording itself, this is in our Facebook group, Probate Weekly. I'd love to have you participate there. So um, I'm an attorney, five people who have done trust with him. I have an attorney people who have done trust with this. Uh, so Sherry, I think you're saying your attorney and you has done about five trusts. That's great. And so that's a very valuable. Well, let me ask you, Joan. What, so you let's say you go through your life and um, uh, are able, are able to refer their clients. Yes. The whole point of this, Sherry, is that uh, she asked the question, can attorneys refer clients? Yes, they, they refer amongst each other. They're attorneys who do you know criminal law, who don't do probate or state planning who meet a customer and say, well, I don't do that, but my friend Joe does. And so if you find an attorney that does estate planning or does probate work, you would introduce them to other attorneys that they're friendly with for that purpose as well. Um, okay, so Joan, I'm sure that you must get approached by, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, uh, other real estate agents in the probate space or seen them, of course, your business or seen them, of course, your networking. What are one or two of the things that you see the best people the best realtors in particular, let's talk about that because that's most of our call. What's one or two things you see the best realtors doing on the business development side to help them build their business that maybe the others aren't doing? It's mm, a great question. You know, uh, when I see real estate professionals who are really, first of all, really listening to uh, the needs of all the parties that might be in a probate case, Right. So they not only understand that there are these multiple parties, but they're listening to what their needs are for each case and able to articulate that back. So this is, you know, part of just good listening. Right. And, and good interpersonal relationships. Uh, when you communicate, you hear that, uh, you know, the attorney's got a need, that the uh, courts have a need, that the family has a need. Uh, that the organizer has a need and what are how are the an understanding that these are all going to have to be addressed and you can't just barrel through the process right because they uh so these real estate professionals are uh listening to deadlines that are needed to documentation that's needed to where the approval is going to be needed so in a probate sale as you may or may not know um, the court has to approve the actual offer. 
So um, you, you have offers that come in and the court is gonna tell you that you can or can't take an author offer based on what they think the property is going to be worth. And sometimes it's kind of gonna make you tear your hair out because it's not realistic or it doesn't seem to match you know, what the market's driving at that moment. But you have to go back and work with the courts on that. The attorney's gonna take that offer they're going to go back to the court and they're going to say, here's court, here's the, the uh, offer. And uh, you've, are they going to sign off on it or not? So you have to know those kinds of things. You cannot accept offers on behalf of the client without that kind of uh, approval from the court. So if you don't, if you're not listening to all of the uh, terms of each case, um, you're going to really kick yourself in the and you know kick yourself and <laughs> it's, it's going to backfire on you so that's what i see that the most successful real estate professionals are listening and taking it all in and that's why we do this call right because you have a chance to learn at other people's mistakes and problems and i see it all the time where attorneys as well as real estate agents don't really know the process and think they don't need the inventory and appraisal report they'll just provide an appraisal that doesn't work in california it might work in other states but you need an actual court process, probate referee completed, inventory appraisal report. And, and I've seen attorneys argue with a judge, and I know you're not going to get anywhere. There's no way the judge is going to um, deviate from that requirement. It's just, it's just too common. It's just too, maybe in an emergency or life and death for sure, but in the normal course of business, they're just never going to go for that. So you need to learn kind of the processes as well. So I think you answered both questions, what the, what the best do and what, what do the worst do? So let's talk about business development. What do you see? Do you see real estate agents in your space doing business development successfully? And what are they doing to generate that business? Besides doing a good job and getting referrals and earning sure. them, what do you see them doing from a business development point of view from activities, if anything? Well, one thing I have admired is the, the people who will put on um, panel discussions or workshops for their their um, the community, whether that's at you know, a senior community or whether it's at a condo uh, complex or wherever, maybe it's in your own office and you're just inviting people who are on your mailing list and they're putting together people like myself and a senior placement advisor, um, maybe an estate planning attorney, um, people who are in the space that are going to influence the outcome of any potential sale that comes up, right? Um, but what it does is it's a learning opportunity for this community to come in and hear from um, seeing other senior service professionals. And that's what I wanted to, um, I do want to emphasize that senior service professionals. Okay, so um, there are numerous people let's all, who are- Let's all chant that together, senior service professionals. Okay, got right? it. Okay, so who are senior service professionals that you could invite to something uh, of this nature? Um, well, we talked about geriatric care managers already. I mentioned senior placement advisors. So these are people who generally take a commission from senior communities to place an individual in an apartment, a cottage, or whatever unit that they're going to buy into or rent in these larger communities, right? And then they're moving out of their home. So then you can presumably sell their home for them. So the placement advisor is a very important um, professional for your uh, potential buyers to meet. An organizer is great because we help with the downsizing, the preparation, the mental parting of with the things and the physical parting of the things. Um, a move manager is another one. They often are called a senior move manager. Um, I am also a senior move manager. There's a national association of senior move managers. There will be one in your neighborhood. Um, who else? Let's see. Um, well, we talked about the state attorney. Um, there could be a tax preparer. There's just no, no end to the number of people who are in that space of senior service providing uh, pro providers. There's literally no end. Because another mm -hmm. ones that you're not involved with on the real estate transaction, probate bonds, probate advance companies, you know, there's a million other 
logistical and legal uh, providers and service providers, document signing people. Right. The key is to find the one or two that line up with how you do business. You know, if I was doing more higher end and looking more for estate planning attorneys, Jones the kind of organizer I'd want to work with because I find when the families are moving the physical stuff, they're cleaning up the, the physical space is a reflection of the cleaning up the mental space, which has been holding them back from getting the estate plan done properly. And maybe it's been sitting there with the attorney did it for two years, they never signed it. When they get in the sp mental space that they're getting rid of stuff, that to me is a, a great sign that they're more open to doing the work and planning ahead of time. And so you wanna find, she mentioned a few, there's an endless supply if you really think about it, find one or two that really fit uh, into your space. Al Abdallah is a top, top real estate agent in the probate space out of Michigan. Um, Al, what's going on, man? You got a question? Let me get you unmuted. Let's see. Yeah. Mute. Oh, there you you hear me now? Okay, yep. cool. So we'll good afternoon, wherever you guys are at. Uh, listen, first of all, hats off to your show, your podcast, your YouTube, and everything else. Uh, you're extremely sharp with what you do. And uh, and I got to tell you, I've been doing probates for probably 25, 26 years now. And it's an interesting world for those of you guys that do it or buy it or, you know, wholesalers or whatever. But I'll tell you this much. Um, <clears throat> question I had for you, Joan, is so, you know, I deal with properties that, Either it's a hoarder situation or there's just a lot of stuff in there. And, you know, family get into the personal sentimental stuff, get their stuff out of there and whatnot. And then I assess, when I first look at it, I assess, is this an estate sale where I need to actually do an estate sale, get the company out there and organize? Or is this like a trash out, clean out, or is this a donation? Is basically what it comes down to. Yeah. So in your world, your, your part right there because sometimes I don't have time to do a whole estate sale because some of the companies need three, four weeks. By the time they come out, they organize and clean and all that stuff. And sometimes just tell the family, get all your stuff out that you need, that you guys are personal, you know, sentimental. And uh, let's just roll with donating the rest and trash them out. Because at the end of the day, I've got investors who will buy these things with all the stuff and junk in them, right? But to get top dollar more money for the estate, getting it, cleared out and just broom clean is enough. Don't paint, don't carpet, don't this and that. Right. Where do you jump in and, and you say, okay, Al, you know, I'm going to come look at this property. This is what I'm going to do or this is what I can do. I am so glad you asked that question because, um, so I have, um, I have good news and bad news about how I'm gonna to reply to this because I, I love my real estate professional colleagues. They are valuable partners. But one of the challenges, um, I'll try to put this as nicely as I can, that I have with working with real estate professionals is uh, I get a family or I get a, a realtor who they're, you know, they're ready to explore. And this comes from, they're going to get um, coming from different perspectives. The real estate professional is almost always going to say that the best time to sell is now never in the future it's always now so as soon as we can get this on the market we want to get this on the market i'm not going to say that that's wrong or not but that almost always happens i have two or three uh professionals that i work with that will be willing to always wait and and do what's right for the family emotionally and and by emotional i don't mean just the lingering, I'm, uh, you know, the everything is important to me, but also the grief that they're dealing with, the stress they're dealing with, with putting mom into dementia care. There are so many um, physical, mental, emotional stresses that happen in this process that I am, um, I hesitate sometimes to even give them any referrals to real estate professionals because I know how difficult that next step is with the pressure to, to get things cleaned out and get the house ready to sell. Now, sometimes there is no choice. You've got a reverse mortgage, the clock is ticking, you have to get this on the market that is legally or financially no wiggle room. So that's a different situation than when there's not. Okay, now the family comes to me and says, Hey, we've got this house full of stuff. We've taken, we think we've taken what we want. 
um, what can we do to get this cleared out and then move on to the next steps? So this is how uh, me being in the middle, hearing, you know, knowing that there's this market pressure always there to sell. And then um, there's also the family need to process and process uh, mentally as well as process physically. This is what I suggest. One is that you don't know what you don't know. Okay, I give a talk that that is the headline. You don't know what you don't know because when you go into a, a physical space, you just don't know what you're going to find there. A lot of times people say, you know, dad just kept everything. It's all junk. It's been there for 50 years. Well, the secret is that the best stuff is usually on the bottom. <laughs> it's the stuff that's hidden. That's where we find the thousands of dollars in cash, stocks, gold, watches that have been tucked away. They were college graduation presents. It was a gold watch from grandpa. Dad never wore it. He forgot about it. It's the stuff that you have to dig out that is the value uh, monetarily. But also sometimes um, in terms of mementos, it's the stuff that's buried that is the cleanest. Everything on top could have, you know, you have dogs and cats, you have, might have rodents, you might have bugs. It's the stuff that's on top that is almost the worst condition, especially if you have a hoard. It's the stuff that's on the bottom that tends to be the cleanest. So that might be a surprise, but I don't like, as a as coming from my profession, my own personal perspective is that you don't just go in and throw stuff out. You should at least have someone go in and look through it and then decide if it should be thrown but, out. So that's a great point because that's personally what I do also that, and I tell some of the family don't know what they don't know. So they'll tell me, you know what, Al, We've taken all of our stuff out and uh if you got somebody can trash out clean out donate you know to purple heart or whatever right. salvation army whatever mm -hmm. go ahead and a lot of times i tell them listen guys my estate sale companies or trash out companies a lot of times find money jewelry valuables even like antiques or stuff that you know we don't even think is worth money is worth thousands so okay and, and then they go really i'm like yeah i'm like you know you guys might go through this stuff for days and weeks and months and never find anything valuable, but may not know it's valuable. Yeah. So that's when I bring my estate sale crew and I tell them, listen, just let's dive through this house, just kind of pick through it. And you guys tell me, is this even worth picking it apart and selling anything and doing an estate sale, organizing it and cleaning it and putting the tables and all that stuff? Or is this, you know, hey, let's just take whatever we can to the dumpster that is for sure garbage, right? And they also go through books, sometimes in magazines, they find money. So this yep. happened. One time, a great story would be uh, uh, the estate had no money, like zero money. And this house was really worth like barely anything, right? And the attorney asked me, he's like, Al, what do you want to, you got an investor for this? Like, we got no money in this estate. And the sisters live in California, oddly, okay? And I never met them. And I, I, I said, you know what? The house needs a lot of work. The mold, the water, it's been flooded. There's 5,000 records in the basement that could have been worth something had somebody paid attention to this house and not allowed it to uh, flood, you know, in Michigan, we have a lot of basements. And so I knew this was definitely a trash out, clean out mold, you name it, it had it. The one most important thing that to the family that they wanted to find was their dad's purple heart. Mm. So I purchased this home thinking I bought it, you know, flip. I, I don't buy my own listings or, or estates. I just, I don't want to get involved in that. I just sell them and do what's best for the estate. But I kind of saved this estate some money and I got it. I, I bought the house, but I told him, I promise you one thing. My estate sale company is going to go through. And I called my estate sale company. They're like, Al, this is way too dirty, too messy, too, ugh, you know, to go through. But I told them what I needed. I said, I needed this purple heart that, they're, that is extremely important to them. They went through this whole house. I kid you not. It was the dirtiest, ugliest experience I've ever seen in my life. With gloves and masks and the whole nine yards. Went through and picked apart the whole house and found that purple heart for their, that was for their dad. Wow. They didn't find money. They didn't find valuables. They didn't find jewelry. They didn't find nothing. I mean, they found like the other stuff, but nothing, not worth anything. To me... And I ended up selling it to my investor just because it was too much for me to handle, you know? And to me, I didn't make any money on the deal. 
if anything, I covered like the money it costed us to pick through this stuff and do the trash out and clean out and whatever we had to do. But to me, the win was I got their dad, their purple heart. So like you were saying, Joan, sentimental, people just don't know what they don't know. And sometimes, you know, it's not the money part. To me, it's not the money. I'm not driven by, I'm, I'm, I'm service driven, not profit driven. So right. and I, I, I totally admire you for doing that. That is over and above. Um, but it also brings to mind something that I found really interesting. Um, you've probably all in, encountered this, and that is that um, real estate professionals do so much for their clients. And sometimes, um, um, I want to say, like, staying in your lane, doing what you really do best is sometimes the best thing to do for your clients. So if you had been selling that house, bringing somebody else in to do that where they're getting paid either through escrow or directly from the trust if there is a trust or probate funds if there is probate funds would have been you know a, a great thing for someone else to do so that you could work on you know get more cases i don't want to say you did the wrong thing i think you did the right thing because i don't know if anybody else would have really gone to that effort in that particular situation to find that purple heart so that's amazing but I do find that a lot of people tell me, oh, I wish I'd met you last month because I just finished clearing out this house. I had to bring in three dumpsters. And I said, well, who, who went through the house? Oh, I did. Like, aren't you selling the one listing the house? Well, yeah, that's why I did it. <laughs> well, I don't think that's really, you know, I don't think people, I don't think clients expect the real estate professional to clean the house to sort the house, to sell the, the things. You're dealing with the real property, not what we call the tangible personal property. So when you have that opportunity, consider looking in your area for someone who can do this. There are um, national associations that you can look up um, you know, professionals by zip code or by city. Uh, I'm gonna throw a couple out here if it's okay, Bill. One is the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. It's uh, challengingdisorganization.org is the website. And that site has people who specialize in chronically disorganized uh, clients and hoarding. So hoarding situations, people who have hoarding behavior, we really don't use the word hoarder because it's, even though it's used on a television show, it is a very pejorative term. And so the people who are actually dealing with any kind of hoarding disorder, they feel a lot of shame and stigma from that. Um, but challengingdisorganization.org. And then the other one is NAPO, N-A-P-O.net. And NAPO is the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Um, why is it not called NAPOP? I don't know, but it's NAPO.net. And um, that one has a wide range of organizing professionals, including estate clear-out professionals like myself. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for all that. Al, thank you for checking in. Appreciate having you. Um, okay, so I'm sorry, napo.net was one. What was the, the other one was the- was challengingdisorganization.org. Challenging disorganization. Challengingdisorganization.org. Got yeah. it, I'll, yeah, I'll put that yeah. in the box as well. Good. Uh, and um, mm -hmm. do, I wanted to um, bring out one other, um, I, there was a question from Debbie in the chat about uh, whether she recommended the family review everything top to bottom before the organizer comes in. And that is not, that is up to the family if they want to do that. But one of the services that I provide is you don't have, the family can look first or not look first we go in and we do what we call a discovery phase. So we, from top to bottom, inside, outside, outside the house, under the house, in the attic, in the garage, every place, we are looking for everything and figuring out what's there. We'll throw out the really obvious trash and recycling, but we will give the family a chance to review what we've found, whether they've looked through the house or not, right? So sometimes, we're finding the stuff that they overlooked. They didn't have the time to do it. They didn't know what to look, what they were doing. 
Um, they were overcome with grief. They had other estate issues to deal with. And this could be for probate or for estate, right? So it's it can go for either scenario. But the organizer can come in and do that exploratory work first. And then once we figure out what's there, what the family is going to take, then we can craft a plan for how to uh, get rid of the rest, whether that means an estate auction, we do online auctions, whether that is uh, an estate sale, or whether that's just rehoming everything. And uh, yeah. So I'll ask the question also that I have is when you come out to do that initial evaluation, is there a charge, you know, like an initial consult fee, or is that something you do to, to look for the business? What's that first phone call look like? Yeah, so um, the phone calls are free for us. Um, I'm happy to talk to anybody anywhere in the country, actually. Anybody wants to call, just ask questions about how this works, what they should be looking for. Um, happy to talk with them. Um, if I go out to a job site and I and they want a consultation, kind of a strategy setting, then I, I'll charge my hourly rate for that. Um, I don't have a, a charge for making it just an estimate, but if they want to know like, well, how are you going to do it all? Um, that's kind of like showing them my hand, right? So that'll there's a charge for that. Got it. Well, look, I certainly appreciate for all those of you in the call, I'm sure you've learned a lot. Again, the goal here is a couplefold. One, she's a great resource we can use for our business. Number two, she's an example of how to build a business that we can imitate or learn from some of her strategies and tactics. I just really appreciate your time with us, Joan. So let's do a quick advertisement on you. So once I get a hold of you, uh, you conveniently have there on your Zoom, your EM, uh, your website address, jmpoestate.com. Uh, what, is, what does JMPO stand for? It stands for Joan McCreary, professional organizer. There you go. I saw the J and the P. <laughs> I knew it belonged somewhere, the J and the M. Okay, so jmpoestate.com and her phone number 408-896-6262. And you service primarily, how you describe the service area that you work in? Uh, well, Silicon Valley is a pretty good um, description, but Santa Clara County, San Mateo County, and uh, the 880 corridor along the East Bay of California and Northern California. Fantastic. And so I, I appreciate being on today. Reach out to her and then nationally as well. Give her a call because she has networks she can plug you into and directions she can point you into as well. So Joan, thank you so much for being on the call today. I really appreciate your friendship, your help. Look forward to some business with you in the Northern California area. Thank you. Thanks so much. And for everybody else on the call today, again, this is Probate Weekly. We do this every Wednesday, I'm sorry, every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern. We live stream it on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Uh, love to have you join us next time. You can watch the past episodes at episodes.probateweekly.com. I'm Bill Gross. You can find me in social media at Bill Gross Probate across social media platforms. I appreciate you guys being here. Have a fantastic week. If I can help, reach out. And as always, make today your best day ever. Thanks so much, everybody.